my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Tracy Buskirk. How are you, Tracy? I'm doing so good. It's so special to get this opportunity. Yes, it is so special to see you and um and to catch up and and um uh Tracy when she was here in school was Tracy Phillips and um she is a 2011 graduate of our program and um she's been out there just kicking butt in the industry and I've been um trying to get a hold of her to get to talk to her cuz she is so super busy but she does something um she do, does something and has done something for gosh uh, uh you've been you've been in um live music now for what um almost 12 years uh, yeah like, yeah yeah almost 12 years um so Tracy is currently um, um, manager for events and settlement at Niederlander Concerts. Um, so we're going to get to hear all about uh, what Niederlander does. And um, I know our current students are, are going to be super excited to hear from you, Tracy, because, you know, uh, everyone loves live music and everyone loves that that uh, that idea of working in the live music industry. And so I'm super excited to get to talk to you about that. That. But let's go back in time first and get to know you a little bit better. Um, tell us where you grew up, Tracy. I grew up in Encinitas down in Southern California in San Diego. Right on. Nikki Hart. Nikki Hart. Uh, yeah, we've had a we've had a few from down that way. Nikki Hart. Do, do you know Nikki Hart? I do. Yeah, we actually went to elementary through college together. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I was thinking to myself, that's around the same. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, shout out to Nikki. Uh, and uh, Nikki was the the second ever uh, podcast that we did. His uh, it, does he still have the surf uh, the the surf uh, hotel down in? Yeah, he yeah. does. That's awesome. I think it's called the Surf Life. I've got to get house. down there and visit the what? The Surf House. Surf House. The Surf House. I've got to get down there and visit. Um, well, well, tell us what it what it was like growing up there in Encinitas. Were you were you a surf uh, surf gal or what? What were you into? What was your jam? I was definitely a beach gal. I lived yeah. there. Um, it's crazy that I never picked up surfing. It's right. on my it's on my to do list every year, and I I never get to it. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, but, uh, it um, used yes, to be definitely. on mine, and then I I realized that um, while penguins are um, are are bred or or you know evolved to be able to be good swimmers with their short little arms. Me and my short little arms were not evolved to be able to paddle. <laughs> so I get on that thing and I don't even I don't even understand how they're able to paddle out through the waves. Like I can't even <laughs> that, you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's I love it down there. One right. day I'll I'll get down there again. <laughs> yeah of course tell us what your folks did while you're growing up with your what did your parents yeah. do? Yeah um, um, both my parents actually are still working and doing what they did back yeah. then. So my yeah. dad's a superintendent for a mechanical engineering company down there. Right on. And my mom owns her own catering company, which was my first job also. <laughs> right on. So you've so you've been in the you've been in the business. You've been in the industry for uh for many years uh with a with a mom owning her own catering business. That is awesome. I knew probably before something. it was legal. 
Yeah, probably before we go. I knew there was something. Uh, I knew. See, see, that's the thing about the podcast. We learn about. We learn little secrets for for while you why you were so mature and and um and such a leader when you were here. You you had a jump start on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us, uh, tell us what you what you you said you weren't into surf, but you were a beach gal. What what was your what was your jam? What did you get into growing up? Yeah, I was always outside. So beach, hiking, camping with the fam. Nice. Um, I dabbled in kind of all the sports, but yeah. didn't really, nothing really stuck until I found dance. I joined a dance team with friends oh, and that was kind of my outlet. And yeah. then um, also in high school, I joined ASB. So right. that was kind of where my love of events flourished more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, I had never really heard that acronym until I got out here to um, California. But for those who don't know, that's associated student body. And that's like, um, that's the, you know, student, we called it student council in North Carolina. That was our, I, I was a part of student council also. And, and, you know, I, I've learned this through the podcast, Tracy, that that was, um, that's a huge entryway into events for us um, because you get student leaders who plan events in high school and they love it and they want to do it. They want to do it for a career. And so when they see, they they have no idea they can do it for a career usually. Right. And then they exactly. see major and they're like, Oh no way. I love events. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love hearing that. What about, uh, what about siblings? Any, any brothers and sisters? No, it's just me. I'm an only child. You're an only child. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love only children. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about um, a couple of things. I, I've added this new um, this this new glory day segment where I get you get a chance to tell us your proudest moment before you got to Cal Poly. Um, so it's it's off of the uh, you know the the Bruce Springsteen glory days, and I have to sing it every time. <laughs> So bad, but anyway, tell us tell us your proudest accomplishment that uh, hmm. that that when you um you know when you're old and gray like me, you're gonna sit back and you're gonna be like, in my day, I won a state championship and whatever, you know, or I, I got well, I did this or whatever. What is it? I think actually it was the summer before college. I planned a European backpacking trip with some friends and I took it all on myself to like make our itinerary and plan everyone's travel. And then all the girls dropped out and it was just me (laughs) with three 18 year old boys. And I decided to stick with it. (laughs) And um, I think it just was the perfect opportunity for me to get outside my comfort zone and right before college so that I was prepared for that next step in life because I had already done this you know, kind of crazy thing already. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back on what I said. Now that's the secret sauce. Like you had already backpacked through Europe and planned a trip through Europe. Like that's where you got the confidence to, to, come, <laughs> to come to Cal Poly and excel. Wow. That is so awesome. So tell us, um, tell us where, what, what countries, you went to and um, one funny story from your, it was you and three high school gentlemen? Yes, yes, exactly. I'm I'm sure there were lots of funny stories, but tell us one funny thing that happened. 
my gosh. Am I, have I blocked the memory out of my mind? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Tell us where you went. And then I just that'll, remember that'll help us it. eating um, baguettes pretty mm. much for every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because we <laughs> had no money. <laughs> right, right. So, um, but yeah, we went to... Um, Paris, we did all the big ones, Paris, Barcelona, oh. um, we went to Munich, Amsterdam, so Whoa. we took the train, it was two weeks, but we were in a new place almost every single day. And almost every day. Yeah, it was you really were just fun. just train hopping the whole time, huh? Yeah. Did you stay in hostels and stuff? We did, yep, yeah. bunk beds. Bunk, bunk beds? <laughs> no, no one fell off the bunk bed or anything? No, no one fell off. Bed. Okay. No injuries. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> well, that sounds like an amazing trip. I love that. So everyone, Tracy, has their own story for how they how they found Cal Poly and 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 what that entails. So tell us, tell us yours. Yeah, I think like you were saying, I knew I wanted to pursue events. Yeah. And it seemed like Cal Poly was the only school that would provide that like very specific opportunity. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in California too. And it just seemed like the perfect distance from San Diego. It wasn't mm. close enough that I could run home and visit all the time, yeah. but close enough that I could come yeah. home for holidays and whatnot. So it just is the quintessential college town it was kind of I, I applied for early entry too because I was like this is it nice love it did now have you do you ever did you ever take the Pacific Surfliner home I think I did it once and it was beautiful but it took so dang long <laughs> yeah, that's that I the was only like, thing it takes so long yeah. I know I was talking to a transportation engineer a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how they're trying to solve the issue of people and I'm like there's no solving the issue is just the, the only way to solve the issue is to make it take less. Like people just can't spend 13 hours or how right. long it takes. Right. It's like, <laughs> that's the, that's the secret sauce there. Right. But anyway, yeah, it is so beautiful though. Yeah. I've done it a couple times and it is, it is pretty beautiful, but you know, when you're like, sitting for an hour while uh, a herd of cow uh of <laughs> cows um cross the tracks and you're like I'm going to be an hour late because there's cows crossing because <laughs> you know that rule I don't know if everybody knows that rule but yeah if you if you ever ridden the train you know that rule that uh since we we were founded on agriculture the trains have to stop and um let the cows and sheep and whatever one across they have to do of that. course yeah exactly <laughs> all right so let's talk about cal poly tracy um <clears throat> you know i like to ask two different questions related to your time at cal poly like one is what's what's that enduring memory right um uh, apart from professional development not necessarily professional professional development related is there a time that you look back on and you're like wow i'll never forget this moment my gosh, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, just yeah. meeting my best friends. I actually met my husband there. Oh no um, way. Yeah. Shout out. And Where was your what husband? What, what uh what major? Um, he was Agbiz, actually. He was? Oh, yeah. Shout out but to Agbiz. He landed a job at he works for NFL. So I'm like, you should have been a rec major. What? He works <laughs> for the NFL? What does he do? Yeah. NFL? He does like digital digital strategy and audience development. No way. 
That is awesome. Well, I'll, you'll have to connect me with him. I can have him speak to my classes. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. But awesome. aside from that, I think yeah. the one um, the one big memory I have, I volunteered at Wildflower one year, and it was just such a fun weekend of chaos and <laughs> just going camping with hundreds of other college students was an experience I'll definitely never forget. Oh, and my roommate was actually participating that year in the triathlon. So it was fun to cheer her on too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Who's your roommate? Yeah, let's give her a shout out. Who was your roommate? Uh, yeah, her name is Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> there you go, Whitney. That's awesome. You know, I love hearing that. Um, but uh, but it also makes me sad, Tracy, that that Wildflower is no longer, but um, because uh as so many of my podcast guests that I've talked to have have said Wildflower was a highlight of their yeah. of their college of their college. And so I hate it that we don't have that anymore. Um, but anyway, now let's move into um let's move into professional development. Um, is there something that you did where you look back and you think, oh wow, this really helped to propel me to to what I'm doing now? Yeah, definitely. I think that also just the the major has so many passionate creative people in it that like sitting in those classrooms it you just almost became inspired and motivated to mm -hmm. go out and do more because mm -hmm. everyone else was doing that also right. yeah. um but i think i got a job at slow parks and rec and i was their special event assistant there so i got to help out with the slow try and uh, community events and it just really helped fall in love with San Luis Obispo too because I really felt like a member of the community yep. um, so I think that was a big one and then I also I never thought I would be a sorority girl going into college right. <laughs> um, but I actually joined my sophomore year yeah. and um, I held a position as the philanthropy chair for a couple of years right so got to plan our nonprofit events and I just found that Greek life's a really great way to gain experience and make a difference too. Great way to, to gain experience. I just love that. Like two different things that you've highlighted there, both working for the city and then and then working for what's essentially a nonprofit. You know, a lot of people don't realize that um uh that that sororities and fraternities um essentially uh function as nonprofits, right? Because of um because of the the way it's set up and 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 those who are, are in those organizations, whether it's a fraternity, a sorority, or a club, a sport club, or anything like that, if you step up, you know, I mean, if you're just like um, you know, Sally in the corner or Joe in the corner, you know, smoking weed and not getting involved, <laughs> you're not really gonna get any experience. Right? <laughs> you, you might get experience like with the 12 ounce curls or whatever. You know? <laughs> And get some uh, really big biceps, but um, you know you're not going to get experience that can help you in in your professional development. But if you do step up, the leadership opportunities in those clubs and student organizations are just immense. And and you know I love the the fact that you were in events in community recreation. A lot of people don't realize or don't think of when they think, oh well, I'm not really interested in municipal recreation. Well, if you're interested in events. Municipal recreation is a great way to get experience, right? Because putting on events, like they put on events year round, and so I love, I love that, Tracy. I love that that you um 
that you highlighted that. Let's talk about your internship. Um, I know that you did something pretty cool. And so um, I want you to share with us uh, how you got your internship, what you did, and your your big uh, key takeaway from your internship. Yeah, I actually, I pulled out, I keep all of my journals and I had a journal of me going through what I wanted to do, you know, Mm -hmm. when I graduate. And my number one was to produce live events and specifically live music. And so I ended up reaching out to the Santa Barbara Bowl, um, which was my favorite concert venue and kind of just cold calling them. And they were like, nope, sorry, we don't do internships we've never done one (laughs) so I ended up calling again and getting some email addresses and sent them a letter of you know what I want to do with my life and why it would mean so much to me to to have them take me on as an intern and Mm. how little they would need to do (laughs) for me (laughs) Um, and I got a call back and Ended up moving down to Santa Barbara, I think it was the week after graduation to start doing their um, concert season for the summer. What a story, Tracy. That is so awesome. And, um, you know, I think that's a lesson. uh, That's a lesson for our current students, Um, whether you're first year or fourth year. um, If you've got something that you want to do, even if they don't have a posting, even if there's not a listing, reaching out and um and trying to make that connection and then when they say no going well hey maybe somebody else will say yes i'm going to keep exactly. going i'm going to be persistent i love it and it's not like i'm sure you were also like applying for other places and doing other things but having that having that in your back pocket to go after i love that that is so awesome so tell us and i love santa barbara bowl also i mean anybody who ever who's ever been there, I'm sure has fallen in love with the place. It's just so magical. Tell us what that experience was like. What was your big uh, key takeaway? Did they really not have to do too much? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I actually helped them a little bit. I know that they took on another Cal Poly intern the year after. So I think they liked the experience, but it was great for me. I just got to see firsthand how an outdoor amphitheater is run and they really let me get my hands into, you know, everything from box office and would answer the phone and sell tickets to sponsorship and artist hospitality. And then because I wasn't, you know, making necessarily money for this internship, they let me sell merchandise on show night. And, um, so that was fun to even get that experience slinging shirts. <laughs> That's awesome. Slinging some merch. I love it. Mm-hmm. But, well, so uh, you said um, artist hospitality. So what was the during that time? Do you remember you've you've gone back and looked at your journal? So uh, what was uh, who was the biggest star that you got to see up close? Oh, man. Well, my favorite band is My Morning Jacket, and they performed that year. So that was probably the the biggest pinch me moment. Oh, no way. That is awesome. I love it. Wow. And um, and that's the thing, you know, about these um, (laughs) these positions, you know, um, you you do get to see your stars and you do have to be a little bit careful because you can't be too starstruck because you have right. To, right you can't be like hey can I get an autograph you know <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So uh, anyway, I love it. That's so awesome. So let's talk about your career since then. Like we said at the beginning, and you know, I said, um, I said over 12, I think it's over 12 years now that you've worked in in um in in live music and and producing um live events uh talk to us we're we're not going to go through each one but let's let's get to the greek you know you got that you got a chance to almost four years um working for the greek theater um now we always have to qualify it because there's several greek theaters right uh yes yes so you're you're working for the one in in griffith park right in 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 los angeles Correct. Yeah. So tell us what that experience was like. And um, again, maybe uh, pick out um, the 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 most fun or most uh, impactful uh, live music event that you got to produce while you were there. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. I I also kind of want to give a shout out to Cal Poly and the whole learn by doing and because this business really is a relationship business. And I actually was introduced to the general manager of the Greek through my internship at the Santa Barbara Bowl. So I chalk my whole career up to that internship experience. Um, I love that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, we look at it, you know, occasionally, occasionally Tracy will get people who will um, critique how we have it set up, you know, Um, but we're we're required to have it set up the way that we do right because of our accreditation and we also really do believe in it we really do believe that it's a great stepping stone for your career um and you know like you said whether they hire you on full-time or whether you meet someone through that um through that you know experience um we just feel like it's a great opportunity and this podcast has helped to to reassure me along those lines because I hear so many different um, examples like like you um, uh, of that. So uh, so tell us about the Greek and and uh, and what what went on there. Yeah, so I was the assistant to the GM, mm-hmm. and um, it was great because I just got to hit the ground running and kind of get my sea legs with um, working live events. You know, the schedule and the days are pretty long, uh-huh. and at certain times of the year, they get a little, you know, it's it gets busy. Yeah. So I think it was a really great training ground for me. Yeah. I got to dip my toes into all the departments since she kind of oversee everything. I was going to um, say, I bet as assistant to the GM, you got to wear lots of hats, right? Exactly. So yeah. that really helped me out because I got to see what I liked, what I didn't like, and mm-hmm. kind of decide which route I wanted to take. Uh Um, and so production and operations, um, is kind of where I landed. Just, I think it allows you to, it's almost the most, um, event management specific Mm -hmm. department in live music, um, all the logistics play out. Yeah. Um, and give us a, give us a sense. Are you like, um, are you like standing on the side of the stage with like an earpiece in or are you at the soundboard or where, where are you usually when you're, when you're doing, when you're doing production? 
Yeah, I'm actually more, um, I'm not on the technical side of the production. So okay. I'm, I'm more of the the promoter rep who is kind of overseeing all production okay. and operations okay. um, for both front of house and backstage. Gotcha. So you're sort of in between, you're running back and forth, maybe? Exactly. Okay. Lots of steps. So from, from box office to backstage, box office to backstage. Okay. I got you. I love it. Um, so tell us, uh, tell us that uh, favorite, favorite live music experience during uh, your Greek theater years. Yeah, actually, um, I, the one that stands out didn't actually take place at the Greek theater, but we were doing an outside event with a nonprofit, Autism Speaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've actually done uh, this benefit concert with them multiple years since then. Yeah. But um, it's Stephen Stills of CSN and um, him and his wife put on this concert to oh. benefit them. And um, Neil Young performs and it's kind of a different lineup every year but it's a really special event so I hold that one close to my heart I love it and you know I saw that um that you posted recently that that's your favorite event of the year right um oh yeah so I didn't realize that you were gonna say that and I was just gonna tell you that I'm a huge Neil Young fan and just love seeing someone that's not of my generation who loves Neil Young and and um and everything that that he stands for and yeah just so great to see them giving back um and and raising funds for for autism and and um that's just uh just awesome it just warmed my heart to see your to see your post there so now let's get to your your current position with Nederlander you've been doing it now Tracy for um I guess going right uh, right at eight years, right? And so you started as event operations and production coordinator, as as we you you mentioned uh, a, a few minutes ago, and now you're manager of events and settlement. So let's talk about that six years as event operations and pr production. Um, so that's a lot of being there on site, like you said, steps from box office to to backstage. But let's talk about first, like what's your um, um, well, actually, no, let's go with the event operations and production coordinator, and then we'll get into what your day-to-day -day is in the current position. But mm -hmm. um, for event operations and production coordinator, give us a sense, like I, I, I kind of... I, I kind of interjected like what you did and I don't really know what you do. Right. So <laughs> plus tell us what you do, like the whole nine yards. What did you have to do for those six years? Yeah. So mainly responsible for all of the planning, all the logistics of the event. So okay. there's, you know, advancing with the touring crew, all of their production elements for the stage and catering hospitality, guest list, um, hiring vendors to come in, um, um, as well as all of the, if there's additional security needs or VIP programs. Um, and then it's a lot of day of, you know, when, when something falls through the cracks, jumping on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was very fast paced. Love it. So tell us what your main venue was. Um, uh, I don't want to, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to mess the name up. So I'll let you tell it. <laughs> yeah. So I know what your main venue was, but I, I don't know. I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. 
So Nederlander is a privately owned uh, boutique concert promoter. So what we do is everything from booking the artist, advertising and promoting it, selling tickets, and then the actual production. So it's kind of a full service company, right? Um, but still small scale. So, um, you know, our competitors are the big companies like Live Nation and AEG. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, I, I really enjoyed being a part of this family-owned company. Um, So yeah, we work all, so we still go into the Greek theater. Uh, We own the Pantages Theater as well. And that's what I was worried about. I'm like, I was like my North Carolina, I was like, Pantages? (laughs) (laughs) I I know that's not right. So I was like, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Tracy say it first. Say it again for me. Pantages. Pantages. And that's in Los Angeles. And then Uh we also um, book at Vina Robles up in Paso. Yeah. And kind of all over San Jose, San Diego. All over. Okay. And um, yeah, I was telling, um, I was telling Tracy that uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Rue, uh, Dr. Jerusha Greenwood and I um, went to see the Avet brothers the other night at Vino Robles. And, um, and I, had, I, I knew that Niederlander um, is involved with, with Vino Robles um, because Tracy, I've seen Tracy post a couple times about it. And so that's uh, really exciting. So let's talk about now your 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 current position, right? So I think a lot of people might, um, if they see a manager of events and settlement, they're not sure exactly what that means. So tell us exactly what that means and what your day-to-day is like. Yeah, so um, my main role is the artist settlement. So what that is, it's kind of the financial side of mm-hmm. the business. It's taking all of the ticket income, all the expenses, and actually paying the artists. Um, so that includes there's a venue settlement and an artist settlement. So doing all of that, um, which I never was a math person. I always thought I'm bad at math. That was like a, the narrative that I gave mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And now 90% of my job is math and Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> so what advice do you have for those who think to themselves, I'm bad at math? Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way I love puzzles And I feel like math actually is just a big puzzle. And um, so I would say, especially, I wish I could go back in time and take more Excel classes. Um, So that, that in particular, I think is so, so important. Um, And yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, we're not doing trigonometry in this industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm but, like, where does that calculus come in? You know, yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing that now with my 13 year old, Tracy. He's in algebra and he's like, come on, when, when am I going to use algebra again, dad? And I was like, oh, lots of times. And like, <laughs> when did you use it? And, and I actually used exactly what you just said on him. I said, son, it's the, the point is not the algebra. The point is being able to figure out the puzzle, right? Exactly. And, and you're right. Uh, uh, math is a puzzle. And, um, and I think if you, if you treat it like that, um, because I had in my head, even though it's kind of ridiculous because my uncle on my mom's side was like a famous mathematician. He was like genius level in math. But I like developed in my head that, oh, yeah, I'm not a math person. 
And I told myself that. And when you tell yourself a narrative, you have a tendency to play out that narrative. You know, if we just think about sports, you know, if you tell yourself a loser, you're going to be a loser, you know, but if you tell yourself, I can do it, I know I can do it. Right. We just look at like Deion Sanders, right. And turning around Colorado, like he's just turned around the mindset. Um, and that's a huge element of it. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I don't want to get off. You have to manifest. That's right. Manifest it. And so you're figuring out the puzzle. So let's talk about, about um let's talk about live music generally um and, and you said you're you're competing against some of the some of the big uh, the big cats in the industry what do you see first let's start with a negative and then we'll move to the positive what do you see as the biggest challenge or problem in the live music industry moving forward you know we've come, yeah. out, come out of the pandemic with this like huge spike of of uh um, or bounce back. But now what do you see as the problems or challenges facing us in the next, you know, right. three, five? I, th I think the most forward facing is the cost of tickets mm. um, and the pushback that we're getting from ticket buyers. I mean, you're even seeing news articles and congressional hearings about the cost and availability of tickets, which is pretty wild. I never really thought that would happen. Um, thank you, Taylor Swift. <laughs> but <laughs> right, right. It's just so apparent that people aren't happy with it and they're confused of which sites are legitimate and which sites aren't. And I do think that the good to come out of this is that there's just these big ticket companies are going to need to become a little bit more transparent. Mm. Um, so just so that people understand where things are coming from. There's only so much you can do about the cost because like everything in this world, think costs are going up. Um, but I think that at least the transparency of like what the fees that they're having to pay, what they're actually going to so that people aren't feeling like they're getting ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I appreciate your your um, reflection on that. And I'll tell you a little story about um, about what happened to me. And this has actually happened to me twice with Vina Robles, which is kind of funny. And so maybe this is something that you can um, help uh, get fixed. But there's evidently a site that makes you think that you're on the Vina Robles site um, that has like extravagant ticket prices. Like I was I was driving I was driving with a friend of mine probably I guess it was about 3 months ago and we were driving back from a golf trip and um and he was like I was like well look up and and tell me what's uh coming up at Vina Robles and he like pulled it up and he started naming ticket prices and I was like he was like wow Avet Brothers is 169 for the grass and I was like 169 and then he started like quoting all these prices that were like just exorbitant and i went and i was like dude you're not on the venal robles site and he was like shut up man i'm at venalrobles.com or whatever and i was like you can't be and he was like no i am what do you think i'm an idiot and uh <laughs> and i was like all right, all right i won't argue with him with you so for two months i told people these prices right and then it got to be about two weeks before Avet Brothers, the show that, that I told you we just saw. And my one buddy was like, hey, are you going to go? And I was like, man, no, I'm not paying $169 a ticket for the grass. And he was like, what are you talking about? 
He was like, it's like 69. I was like, what? And sure enough, I looked it up and it was 69. And I called my other friend. I was like, I don't where what site were you on, man? And he was like, I don't know, man. I told you it was the Vino Robo site. And I was like, no, it definitely was not the Vino Robo site. Yeah. That's the wonder. problem all the yeah. resale tickets. Is that what and it then- is with the reset? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? It's like, and yeah. and it's if you're not on StubHub, it's one that seems like it's the Vino Robo site or something like that. Is that what it is? Correct. And even even with StubHub, those tickets as like a promoter and building, we can't even verify if that ticket is legitimate because it's not coming from the ticket that we actually put on sale. So that's part of the problem as well. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, I did see a recent thing where I had to hold my thumb on a button to make sure I wasn't a bot um, when I bought when I bought the Avet Brothers ticket. So I did like that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the Ticketmaster is trying um, to rid of bots, but it's a hard thing too, because the bots buy up the tickets. So it's like, why would you, <laughs> <laughs> why would you rid of bots? Well, you know, well, you know, so it's like one of those two, two edge, two edge things. What about opportunities? So we've talked about challenges and problems, Tracy, what do you see as the opportunities? What are you most excited for, for the future? Live music. Yeah, I think I think with all of these artist platforms that we have such a big opportunity to do something for the greater good. Yeah. Um, specifically for me, you know, I'm a tree hugger in my personal life. So yeah. sustainability efforts are important. And I think that we have a long way to go. But in terms of mobile ticketing decreases on paper tickets, yeah. and you know, there's efforts to offset carbon emissions and, um, you know, just better recycling at venues. I think there's, you know, like I said, a long way to go, but especially with their platform, if these artists come in and, you know, demand something on their writer, it forces everyone else to follow suit. So I would like to see more of that. Yeah. I was going to say, since you're at the settlement um, side um, now, um, is that driven by artists? Is that mainly, or uh, is is some of that driven by artists? Can um, it it can be definitely, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to their demands for the day. Um, you know, sometimes an artist will say, "For catering, we need compostable plates and utensils, <laughs> and everything has to be organic." Yeah. Um, yeah. Or the the lighting in the dressing rooms needs to be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just those kinds of requests are easy to do. Right, right. Um, and, and it's helpful along the line. Right. Well, um, I uh so that I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm hoping you're gonna be able to catch this one that I'm gonna toss to you. Um, because I think it's a I think it's kind of a funny one. I won't I won't make you name the artist because I know you have um some um some disclosures there that you can't um you can't disclose, but I know from producing an event in college that there are some pretty funny, interesting demands of artists (laughs) for the green room. What's the funniest thing you've ever had to go out and buy for an artist uh, for the green room? Right. I know. Sometimes we don't always, always do it. But when it's something fun, uh, we'll make sure. 
Um, There was one recently that they were like, I want a signed um, picture in a frame of John Legend with a bowl of blue M&Ms or something. And you know, it's a joke. You know that they don't really need that, but it kind of makes it like a personal fun touch. So we like printed out a picture of him and signed it and put it in a frame in their dressing room. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, and that is way more PG than the ones that I, the one that I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was afraid. No, I was no, afraid no. to be I knew, honest. I knew you weren't gonna, I knew you weren't gonna go where I might have gone if I was in position. <laughs> and I appreciate you for it. Um, so let's, um, let's do a little time travel, a little back to the future. Um, if you could go back in time and to 2010 and, tell your junior year self something, what would it be? Man, I think it would actually be what I tell myself every day. Yeah, <laughs> um, just to not get attached to any specific timeline or outcome. Uh, and that, you know, the growth actually comes from those more uncomfortable times in life. Mm-hmm. So I think especially for us natural planners, it's kind of extra difficult to let go of that sense of control yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, you can be as prepared as you can, but at the same time, the universe kind of takes the wheel at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. you got to learn to let it go and just trust. I love that, Tracy. That is such fabulous advice. And um, I am uh, I might have to like slip uh, this podcast into my daughter's uh podcast rotation because uh, <laughs> because she's 15 now and she's exactly what you just said like she wants to control everything you know she's she uh she was complaining last week like that these um the teachers um do unannounced quizzes you know quizzes that like aren't on the, the worst side. yeah and i was like <laughs> i like was feeling for her because i'm like i don't do unannounced the quizzes right like People know if I'm going to have something. Right. And um, and we as college professors, like we have to have it on the syllabus. Right. For it to be there, you know. And so I'm like, why are they giving my daughter and stressing her out so bad with these like unplanned quizzes during the week? You know, and she's like up till all hours of the night studying. And I'm like, but uh, so that's that would be great advice for her and um, great advice for everyone. Tracy, thank you for that. The last thing that um that I'd like for you to to leave everybody to to leave us with is um what advice would you have for um a current senior who's um in your spot and thinking about back when you were like when you were in school and thinking about what they want to do and thinking about wow I love live music I really want to get involved I would love to have a job like Tracy's um what advice would you give them Yeah I think that my advice would be willing to take on any job and to not let any job be above you or beneath you. And because I think the ability to adapt in this industry makes you really valuable. Um, Something that the woman that I've worked for, you know, sometimes I don't think that I can do something, but she puts me in the position to do it. And then I end up succeeding. So Um, And then at the same time, you know, if you're at a venue and the doors are about to open and there's a piece of trash on the ground, I'll reach down and pick up that piece of trash and put it in the trash can because it's not someone else's job. If you see it, just get it done and people will notice that. 
man, I really need you to talk to my kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that picking up crash part. <laughs> no, that is um, that is such fabulous advice, Tracy. And um, you know, we've we. It's so funny because when I first got when I first got into higher education, like one of the things that I remember people, um, older people in particular, talking about was how spoiled the next generation is. And I'm like, you know, I I can't stand that talk because it's like. Each and every generation wants it better for the next generation. And so, yes, of course, there's going to be, you know, the whole like, I walked uh, uphill both ways through the snow back in my day, you know, like that, that sort of thing. And really, it's just about developing um, a mentality. But, 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 But at the same time, I love you stating that. Hey, you've got to be willing to do anything. You've got to be willing. Re- you've got to recognize. And I've talked to a number of people recently. Like, hey, when I'm working for a hotel, the fact that I worked in housekeeping um, w- is so valuable to me now as a general manager because I um, I can I can relate, I can empathize, and and that's a that's a huge element, and, and I love it. I can't thank you enough, Tracy, for the time. Really, really appreciate it. Um, it's so, so great to see you. Now I know who Joey is also. Like I realized, <laughs> I realized we're connected on LinkedIn. And I remember thinking to myself, who is this ad business guy who works for the NFL? And I'm like, oh, it's just it's Joey and Tracy. Uh, so that's uh that's cool. And um, just want to thank you. Cannot thank you enough. Really appreciate you taking the time. It's so great to see you. You too. And thank you for everything. Absolutely. Um, All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.